Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding Christina. This is episode three. I, again, just want to say thank you so much to everybody. I really can't put into words how amazing it's been to see um, this podcast being shared um, and received the way it has been. I did not anticipate getting 50 people to listen to my podcast in the last few days. Um, it's really just so great. Um, I'm so thankful to each one of you for listening and sharing, and it's just great. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you all uh, for sending messages of encouragement, for calling, checking in, for texting, um, if you don't know this about me, I'm a shitty texter. I guess I also need to preface this episode. There will be cussing in this episode, I've already decided. So if you don't like cussing, this is not the episode for you. There will not be bleeps. I will fully be saying them. So there's my disclaimer for this episode. Um, anyways, um, again, so thankful for each one of you. I appreciate you all supporting me and following me on this journey. I'm so thankful for those of you who have said, you know, how much this has inspired you to, you know, dig into yourselves and follow me on this journey. And that's just amazing. That's really, really great. I think this is going to be the best thing you do for yourself. I'm believing for myself that this is the best thing that I'm going to do for me is finding who I am. So... I was thinking about this today about how I've been feeling like a failure um, at 31 (laughs) being divorced and not having a career and not being what standard American society says a 31 year old woman should be and I I can appreciate the fact that we are moving away towards that and that there aren't too many people in my life that have been like, oh, Christina, you're like not doing this, you're not doing that. I think it is just a social structure that we are raised in and that belief system of you have to be married and have kids and be in a corporate America job and have insurance and all these things where you are define successful and the more I think about it the more I feel like that's not the definition of success at all um I am hesitant to talk much about um my divorce and it's not for lack of wanting to be transparent it's for wanting to represent the situation fairly and he's obviously not here to share his side um I can't tell you his side um all I can tell you is my experience and my feelings and um how I perceive the situation and so the reason I'm hesitant is as because one of the things that I've just learned in this journey that I've been on the past couple of years is is honesty and again I'm not 
discounting what I experienced as not being true, but that's not to say that his intentions were the way they were. Um, I can't, I can't speak to why he did the things he did, but here we are. So, um, there's going to be crying too, because I've really only shared this with a handful of people. Um, I'm sure plenty of people speculate about what happened with my marriage, and that's fine. I, again, don't care you weren't there. So, (laughs) um, for those of you who don't know, um, my ex-husband and I worked together for 16 years, and we were high school sweethearts, and in the beginning, as with anything, it was great, you know, um, we were young and dumb and in love and all that stuff, um, he came into my life in a very dark, uh, time in my life, I had experienced, um, some sexual abuse before that, and, um, He just made me feel safe about myself and I had this thought in my mind from before, Um, I think I was like 13 when I first started feeling like all men are gonna want from me is sex and all men are gonna want from me is my body um so i started you know dressing a little bit more provocatively and looking for that attention at a young age um i liked men complimenting me i liked the way it felt then um it made me feel important and wanted and needed and all of that stuff that a 13 year old girl didn't need to feel or anything um so after after that um he and I he it just was safe um I'll I'll kind of just leave it there he always was reassuring and he he loved me very very much and that's another thing like I want to be clear on is I I don't want to discount the good times that we did have because we did have a lot of good years um there was just a lot that I think happened to both of us um before we got married and then during our marriage that really kind of just culminated into our divorce so um I was a very angry person and it was towards my parents it was towards my family it was towards myself um towards God towards a lot of other different events and I'm I realized I realized now What I didn't know then is that I was very good at attaching things that happened to me and defining myself by those situations. Um, 
so by believing the things that my mom had said about me about not being pretty enough or not being beautiful enough I then acted that out on my ex by saying you know like oh you're just gonna leave me one day and I'm sure he can tell you this now um it's it's funny to me because for whatever reason I always have I always remember this moment of him and I laying in bed um after we were married and anytime we watched a movie or tv show about the man cheating on his woman I would always look at him and be like if I ever find you fucking cheating on me I'll kill you and he would always be like why the fuck would you think I'd cheat on you and like don't worry about it just don't do it And it always came out of a place of fear because I always was afraid because I heard that voice in my mom's head or that voice of my mom in my head, which was, Christina, if you don't lose weight, Bobby's going to leave you for somebody prettier. And she had said that to me when I was like 17. Bobby and I had been dating for about um, maybe three years at the time. And... Again, I know my mom likes to use fear as a way of, like, getting you to do what she wants. And at the time then, I just was like, oh, I don't want him to leave me. He's not He's not going to leave me. He would never do that. And I, I believed that then. Um, but as, like, I got older and, again, like, life happened and I gained more weight, um, I started to f- really believe that. There, there was this genuine fear in my heart that Bobby was going to leave me for another woman. That he didn't really love me. That he didn't really care about me. And so I know that I made a lot of choices. And I made a lot of... Um, I just made a lot of choices out of that fear. And I'm sure that was not easy for him because of how I behaved again I was very angry I would I I started a lot of fights I started a lot of arguments because that's that's the only way I knew how to operate then and um maybe it was actually two years um before we got divorced when I started recognizing my behavior and what I was doing and why I was doing it it was when I first started um going to church and I started you know really connecting with God and hearing from God and understanding that he had so much more for me that there was so much more for me than being angry and being hurt and being resentful and being bitter about things that had happened to me years ago and um I loved my husband, my ex-husband, very much. Um, I really did. And I remember knowing that we weren't going to get married. We were in North Carolina. He was um, hes a former Marine, and he was stationed in Camp Lejeune at the time. And I had we had gotten a room for the weekend because I was still going to school in Maryland 
and I had come down to visit him one weekend and I found these messages on his phone from a couple of the girls that we went we were in ROTC with and they were just talking about orgies and just things that you don't talk with other females about when you're in a committed relationship like that and yes when I was going through his phone and one of the things I've learned now was like he shouldn't have been doing it in the first place I used to beat myself up about that and I used to say oh Christina you didn't trust him why did you have to do that I had I had a gut feeling then that I needed to do it and so I did um and so I confronted him about it then and to him it was no big deal and I was driving home from that trip to North Carolina after being pissed and I actually left him (laughs) I left him at the hotel and I went home and I remember thinking on the way home that we weren't going to actually be together forever and there were so many people who told us even in high school and after high school like I had changed colleges I had one of my good guy friends at the time tell me that he was like Christina like I don't think you guys are gonna be together you're not really compatible like I and he he even told me he was like there's something about him that I just I don't like some this thing about him and I didn't really connect the dots because I was like oh well you don't know him you don't get to make that assumption um but in the end he was right about it and um I think when we know somebody and we love somebody so much we do put blinders on and we do make excuses for them because we want them to be the best version of themselves and we want to defend that and so I, I found myself always defending who Bobby was um and again that's not to say that there weren't good things about him because there really were a lot of good things about him um but after he was in a really bad car accident and he ended up breaking his femur and it ultimately cost him his career with the Marine Corps and his dreams and he was just never the same after that um ever um and again i'm driving home and i remember just saying like we're not gonna actually i was like we're gonna get married but we're not we're not gonna be together forever and there have been journal entries that i've read back from our first year of marriage second year of marriage third year of marriage where i had written these journal entries about god you know just help me get out of this marriage god give me a way out god i don't want to be married anymore and then there would be like days where i don't write anything because either he proved himself worthy of being married to or something great happened and i stayed and didn't and forgave him for whatever had happened so I remember so many nights just laying in bed and praying to God, like, just, God, this can't be what marriage is supposed to be like. 
that this isn't what it's supposed to feel like. That it's supposed to be more of a partnership. And I had felt like I had to be both the husband and the wife in my marriage because um, he never knew what he wanted um, from a career. He never knew after his accident what to do with his life. So he kind of just picked things that made money. And I was always the breadwinner, if you will. I always made more money than he did. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I ended up resenting him for it because I was doing everything it felt like. I felt like I was bringing home all the money. I was paying the bills every month. I was making dinner every night. I was doing the laundry. I was... I never felt like it was... um... I never felt like a partnership. I never felt like I could go to him for my emotional well-being because I felt like he wasn't able to take care of me the way that I wanted to be taken care of. So I didn't trust him with my emotions. I didn't trust him with that side of my life. I didn't trust him to do those things because... He started becoming more of an alcoholic at this point in our marriage. And he became darker. And he just no longer was the man that I thought that I was marrying. Um, So I stopped trusting him completely. I stopped asking him to do things for me. I stopped asking him I just stopped expecting anything from him because nothing had changed. He would come home from work and the first thing he would do is watch YouTube and play video games. And that was And that was what he wanted to do when he came home. It wasn't spend time with me. It wasn't... I always had to be the one that said, Hey, let's go out on a date. Or, hey, let's go do this. And... There was finally... This part of me that was like, I just need to go back to church. I just need to go back to church. And... So I started going back to church at this time. And I started connecting with God... At the same point that this happened, um, my mom got a liver transplant, and then my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer, and it just felt like everything was coming down all at the same time, kind of like how things are feeling again right now. And I remember going to church, and I started going to this freedom group, and they were talking about how we let our pasts define who we are and instead of truly forgiving and truly understanding that hurt people hurt people we take 
the events that happen to us and we put labels on ourselves and we take those labels and we create fears or not create fears but we believe these fears and we believe these lies and we find evidence to make those lies truth because if we can believe those lies if we can believe those truths then we get to hold on to them and we get to use them as our identity because it's something tangible that we can actually find evidence of instead of believing we're amazing we're beautiful we're wonderful we're whole and um I remember sitting in this group not even thinking about my marriage I was thinking about my mom and my dad at this time and I remember that this was when I fully started hearing from God and I don't mean hearing from God like a big booming voice from heaven I mean there was something that started stirring in me that I resonated with it when a scripture was read or a song was sung it was almost like I heard God say this is for you or I felt like this was for me and I started going more I started volunteering more I was at one point I was doing a women's group a freedom group and I was helping teen girls on Wednesday nights and um I remember falling so in love with who God had made me to be at this point. Because I was like, I am so blessed. I do have a husband. I do have a roof over my head. I have a job. I have a family. I have friends. I am so... I am so beyond blessed. And... and doing more work on myself and becoming more self-aware and understanding those fears and those lies that I'd been believing and finding out the truth behind them about not being good enough, about not being beautiful, about not being loved and not being whole. When I started attacking those lies with the truth of who God says I am, It's when I started unraveling that my marriage really wasn't what I thought it was. And I started seeing the darkness in my marriage that I had been ignoring for so long. And um, I actually remember the date too. It was June 18th, um, 2019. And we had just listened to this song in worship called Fade Away. And it was, I think it's by Passion. And so I've been helping production in the morning at this location. Um, And so we were up at like 5 a.m. and I finally was able to go to this service and not be working or volunteering for this service or serving this service if you will I was actually there 
to worship. I was there to be in the presence of God. I was there to take in and be fed by God's word and hear what our pastor had to say instead of being in the back doing the work, which I was, we, I alternated. So this was my weekend to do. And, um, I remember sitting in the front row or the second to the front row and the song fade away came on and I'd never heard it before. And the lyrics literally just like covered me like a wave. The lyrics say, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Let it fade away. And I remember the night before he had not come home till 3 a.m. And he had told me he had been out with one of the girls from work because she was having a bad day. And I remember this little voice in my head telling me that there was something wrong with that, Christina, and that wasn't appropriate, that wasn't okay. But I ignored it. And I told myself, no, Christina, like, he's a good person. He cares about people. He used to do that for you. And so I wanted to believe that he was just being a good person again. And so I ignored it. And then I realized all the other times before that that had happened, what had really been happening. And it was in that moment in the church listening to the song that I said God I know you're not in my marriage and I threw my hands up in the air and I said God let my marriage just fade away you're not in it let it fade away and three months later Three months later, I woke up on September 20 or September 3rd, excuse me, at 3 a.m. And it felt like a voice was in my head. It said, Go look at his phone. And I was like, No, I thought it was the devil tempting me to not trust my husband. And I thought it was the devil trying to get me to do something that I was going to regret and so I kept saying no I'm not going to I'm not going to do that I trust him I trust him he's a good person I trust him he's a good person and every time I tried to go back to sleep it was like this gentle loving voice and it was that's we'll get to that in another episode of, of discerning between God's voice the enemy's voice and your voice but I knew it was God when I heard this gentle voice say, Christina, please just go. Just just look, please. And at this point, I hadn't looked at his phone since that incident when we were in North Carolina. 
because he never really gave me a reason not to and I think now I was just so naive and so caught up in this fantasy of having the perfect marriage that I <clears throat> that I ignored it that I ignored all the flags and that I I just wanted to see the perfect man I thought he was and so I opened his phone and there's all these snapchats from this girl that he works with (laughs) the pictures I found on his phone still haunt me to this day some nights um (laughs) this I'm not gonna go into too much detail about what I found on his phone but it's not your average everyday porn that I found on his phone. Um, It was really dark. Um, And I'm not even saying, like, like BDSM compared to what I found on his phone was, like, puppies and rainbows. Um, So I'm scrolling through his phone looking at these pictures that she sent him, these conversations that they're having together. And he rolled over and looked at me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I started showing him what I was doing. And I said, what, what are you doing? What is this? He snatched the phone out of my hand and said, I can't do this anymore. I want a divorce. And I all I can say is that it had to have been God that came over me this day because I think back on that and I don't know how I didn't punch him in the face. I don't know how I acted so calm. And so I said to him, I said, fine, get out of my room. So he went off to the guest room. And I remember hearing again this still small voice in my head saying, Christina, go forgive him. (laughs) And when I tell you I cussed out God in this moment, I cussed out God in this moment. I said, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You and I saw that. You saw what I saw. You saw what I read. You've known this is happening. And you want me to forgive him. And I felt him tell me, yes, I want you to forgive him. I said, I can't do that. I can't forgive him. The one thing I asked him not to do, he did. And again, at this point in my life, I was so connected with God. And I felt him just say that this is going to change everything if you just forgive him. So I walked over to the guest room on the other side of the house and I looked Bobby in the eyes. I said, I don't know why you did this. But 
but I forgive you. And I just remember he looked at me and said, okay. I did end up yelling at him later. Um, I think all I said to him was I didn't understand why I did that. I think I yelled at him for like five minutes. And then um, I actually had lunch plans with one of my girlfriends. And she came and picked me up. And I remember walking out of my house. She was picking me up in the driveway. And I walked out of my house. And I looked at the grass that hadn't been cut in a week. And the first thought that I had was who's gonna cut my grass? Because I didn't do anything outside. I... The one... One of the few jobs I asked him to do was outside stuff and I just started breaking down in her car uncontrollably crying so that is the story of how my divorce started um and I really have only shared that with a handful of people so I never imagined sharing it on a public platform. Um, Again, I'm not going to go into details of that because, again, I know he is a good person deep down. Um, I know he's got a lot of darkness in him and he has things that he's not willing to face. And so... I would rather just share my portion and not really have an opinion on anything else because I don't think that's fair. Um, Again, he's not here to share his side of the story and give (laughs) a fair representation of both sides. So those are the facts. Those are, that is what happened. Um... And so after that, this fear that I had been living with for so many years that my husband was going to leave me for another woman happened. The greatest fear of my life came true. And I thought it was going to kill me. I remember coming home that night. And the silence in the house was so loud. I didn't sleep for two days. It's the scariest, most eerie feeling. Coming into a house silence being so deafening. I would lay in bed trying to sleep 
and I would just be crying in my pillow, replaying the videos and the images that I found on his phone, asking myself why I wasn't good enough, asking myself what I did to deserve to be treated like that. And so I started to place this new lie and this new fear on myself. Because what's so interesting about all of this is one of the biggest lies I had believed about myself since I was 13 is that I'm not good enough. And I started finally believing that I was good enough. I started believing that God really did have his hand on my life, that he really did have all of these amazing things in store for me. And I allowed this one event in my life to take that away and that's what I'm working to restore again because I allowed the lie that I'm not good enough to come back and I used my divorce as my evidence so what I mean by that excuse me is we create a lie Or we hear a lie that somebody says about us. We'll use the I'm not good enough as an example. My mother always told me if I got a B in something, why wasn't it an A? If I got a 98, why wasn't it a 100? If I lost 20 pounds, why wasn't it 50 pounds? If I walked half a mile, why didn't I just do a mile? It was just never enough. And so I always, through school, strived to do everything I could. It's why I think I'm always trying to do 500 things at one time because I want to get so much done and I want to prove (laughs) in some sick way to my mother that I can do so many different things and I can do a good job in so many different things. And, um... Excuse my sniffles now, guys. Um, I told you I was going to cry. I... I believed that lie I'm not good enough for so many years. And finally... So... Sorry. So you take the lie. The lie is I'm not. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And you find evidence to validate that lie so to me i'm not enough because my mother says i'm not enough i'm not enough because i don't weigh 120 pounds i'm not enough because i don't look like those girls in the magazines or i don't look like my sisters i am not good enough because 
I'm not going to law school, I'm not being a doctor, I'm not good enough. And I take all of these things that are true, I the truth is, I am not going to law school, I am not becoming a doctor, I am not 120 pounds, I do not look like models in magazines or on the TV or my sisters, and I did not get an a an A on that test. I did get a B. And so you take these facts because they are facts. They are they are evidence. And we take that evidence as supporting the lie. And we take that and we go, okay, I'm not good enough. And here's the proof. And so one of the things in the freedom group that I was in that I was talking about earlier was... You take the lie and you find truth about what God says about you. And the truth is that God says you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are made in his image that he sent his son for you to die for you for your sins so you could have a relationship with God. And there's so you you look in the Bible about what God says about his children and you combat that lie and anytime that lie comes up you say if I was telling myself I'm not good enough I would say that's not true I'm the daughter of a king I'm not beautiful that's not true my father created me and in his eyes and he made he made me perfect I am whole, I am beautiful, I am beautifully and wonderfully made, um, my God makes no mistakes, and the more I said those things to myself, the more I believed them, and the more I got stronger, more confident in who I was, and again, that's when I think I started to see things for what it was, and so after getting to a place where I was breaking through that, when I was breaking through the garbage and finally seeing a light, my divorce happens, or the separation first happens, and whatever you want to call it, the discovery of an affair happens, and um, I use that evidence again to totally destroy the new truths that I had. I took this situation, this event, and I I let it. I chose to let it define me. I chose to be a victim. I chose to say and believe in myself. I'm not enough because my my ex-husband had an affair. I'm not enough because he left me for her. I'm not enough because he lied about it. I'm not beautiful enough because he had to have an affair. If I was if I was pretty enough, he would have never had an affair. And then it got even more we're just gonna go into this guys. I even started believing I'm not good enough in bed because <laughs> He needed to find more somewhere else. And all of those things 
started to become my reality and I, I started to take those lies and I started to need to prove to myself that they weren't true. I needed to prove to myself that I was enough. I needed to prove to myself that I was good in bed. I needed to prove to myself that I was beautiful. I needed to prove my, to myself that it wasn't me. And <clears throat> instead of doing that in a healthy way, I became very destructive with myself. Um, I think the first six months after he left, I was barely eating. I was working out three times a day because I had nothing else to do. Um, because there was no one to cook for anymore. There was, there was, there was literally nothing to do except work out. Um, so I was going to the gym two, three times a day. I was, I stopped eating like, I think it was, I only ate maybe three or four times a week. I had lost, um, if I remember correctly, the month before he moved out, I had got on this, oh, I'm going to lose weight again kick, and I was 286 pounds or 288 pounds, I forget, um, that was the heaviest I'd ever been, and I remember in, I think, it was October, November, and I think it was November because that's when I bought my my car. Um, November, I had weighed in for the first time because I started, that was when I really realized that my clothes weren't fitting anymore, like in a good way. And I had finally weighed myself and I was like 190 pounds or like 199 pounds or something like that. And I realized I had lost over 80 pounds in like three or four months. And I was not healthy at all. Um, and so I then was like, I, it was funny because I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, wow, I am hot. Oh, I am good looking. And then I was like, okay, like if Bobby doesn't want to be with me anymore, then I will find somebody who does. And I just got this complex in my mind that I had to prove to him that I was worthy, that he's losing, that he sucks, that all of, I just, I wanted him to know that he fucked up and I wanted to prove to him that somehow by doing this, it would make him feel bad and make him come home and it would make, it would change everything and we would, we would end up being back together. And obviously that's not true because here we are. Um, But that was just one of the things that really broke me. And I would tell people, oh, it's not, it's fine, it's okay, it's no big deal. Like, it was was all good. And, And the truth is I can sit here honestly and I am so thankful that it did happen I I truly am but I'm not in a place yet of full healing I'm not in a place yet where I can't say I'm not still hurt by it because I I still do operate in a lot of ways out of um that and that's one of the things I'm trying to combat and I'm trying to reverse and I'm trying to rebuild from so 
yeah, that was, that was that, um, it's so crazy, the twists and turns that life takes us on, um, I intended on talking today about my diet and how that's been going, and I mean, I'll probably still talk about that for a few minutes, but I thought it was important that I share the biggest trigger in my life so far and go from there. I'm already like sitting here second guessing if I want to even share this, but I know I'm going to. I know I need to. It's my truth. It's it's my journey. It's my experiences and I'm not going I'm not going to apologize to anyone for sharing this because it's the truth. Um, So that's where we're working on getting better at right now, guys. Um, I'm working on knowing that my worth is far more than how a man sees me. My worth is so much more than what I see in a mirror. My worth is so much more than a number on a scale. And even if I never get married again, even if I never find somebody, um, I want to love myself so much that it doesn't matter. And I want to get there. I truly do. I don't want to depend on somebody else ever again for my happiness for anything I want to be able to be independent of that and be dependent on myself and God um, for my needs and if God chooses to bring somebody into my life and we can form a partnership and work together great but I don't want to ever be codependent again and that's what that's what he and I were together unfortunately like I think we just met each other at the right time and or the wrong time in our lives and we became codependent on each other and um I wish I was strong enough to leave sooner I wish I was able to leave when I first felt in my heart that we weren't meant to be but the stubborn me inside somehow believed that I don't know if martyr is the right word. You guys can tell me if that's the wrong word or not. But I wanted to be the one that fought. I wanted to be... And this is me being (laughs) the one that always does things the hard way. Talk about doing things the hard way. Instead of just leaving when I knew that I should have left, I chose to stay. I chose to fight. I chose to stick it out. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. There is a time and a place for that. I think part of being married is willing to fight for what you love and fighting for that commit like but I say that with a caveat that I think you just know in your heart I just I fully believe that while yes love is a feeling and feelings are temporary I feel like in your gut in your heart you just know 
you just know that you're meant to be with that person because I can tell you I knew in my soul that I wasn't meant to be with this person um I tried to pretend that we were but I knew for so long that we weren't and that's my fault for trying to create this perfect life that wasn't really perfect at all um and so so I thought if I fought hard enough long enough eventually he would fight for me too and that just wasn't true so um I'm a manipulator by nature (laughs) I'm very good at it um that's just me knowing who I am I've accepted that and I've learned when I'm doing it and when I need to reel that in and not be that manipulative person but um I share all of that with you guys to basically just say that's my darkness that's part of my darkness that's why I believe this lie that I'm not worthy that I'm not enough and I'm really wanting to do this 21 day um this first part of the 21 day protocol um to work on choosing me I want to choose me um this morning I did not do a great job of that I woke up late um because I didn't sleep well and I was rushing to get everything done before work at 8 a.m I was trying to take care of Atticus I was trying to you know like I attempted to do my self-care but I stopped I was like no I don't have time for this I have other things to do and instead of taking five minutes to take care of myself I completely lost my stream of consciousness really and just started moving at a hundred miles an hour when I should have taken that five minutes and calmed down and said okay these are the things I need to do this morning this is this is fine Christina you're okay love yourself for a few minutes but I did finally slow down when I went to go get breakfast because I was like this is going to be a shitty day, this is going to be stupid, I want biscuits and gravy, I want donuts. And I started going through Instacart, I was ready to like order my food on DoorDash, and I stopped and I was like, no Christina, you're not doing this, you're not. I had to be hard with myself, I had to be harsh with myself, and I had to tell myself to make a choice. I said, you can 100% choose those things, you absolutely can have the biscuits and gravy, you can absolutely have the donuts, or you get to make a choice where you better yourself and you can juice and have fruit. Those are your choices. And the same way a parent parents their child, I had to do with myself because I'm not good with boundaries with myself. I'm very loose with them because I'm like, you know what? I can have whatever I want, whatever I want. And again, yes, you can. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so in that sense, I did take a moment this morning to choose myself and choose to love myself by nourishing my body instead of comforting my body with crap. So um, 
all day I felt like I was tempted with different foods from lunch I messaged one of my friends Bethany telling her how much I wanted a greasy cheeseburger and that I was getting ready to do it and I was like nope I have things to make veggie burgers so we're gonna have veggie burgers for lunch and while that wasn't as great as a delicious five guys um extra cheeseburger with bacon and all the fixins it satisfied me and I did feel good about the choice that I made instead of beating myself up over eating a greasy cheeseburger I was like okay good job Christina we made it through day three let's keep going so that is it guys um that is the end of this episode I know that was so much longer than my previous episodes um I'm sure we're gonna have a handful of these when I just kind of go to a place where I'm telling you about my past and it's gonna be longer than 30 minutes so um I'll try to put those notes in there I mean I'm sure you can see how long episodes are too but yeah we'll just kind of play around and see how it goes um again thank you guys so much for listening for this long it's been over an hour now so thank you guys so much for your time and for joining me on this journey um if you could please 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 share all of my podcasts by clicking on the spotify link or the anchor link um, that you clicked on to get here and share that with your friends share it on facebook instagram text message however you can please share um if you can comment rate the podcast i would love that so much um and just continue to follow me i appreciate every single word of encouragement that you all have shared um it's been great and it's been helping me to realize that i while i am doing this to help myself i really didn't realize how many other people this was helping too so thank you guys so much again for listening Have a great night. Be well. Be blessed.